Thrill Me. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Hey, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. So excited to be here. Uh, there is a lot to get to in this week's episode. Star Wars content will definitely be talked about. Kathleen Kennedy made a comment the other day about Solo uh, and yeah, we're going to get into that. I have some thoughts about what she said and kind of the Star Wars universe again. And and yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Plus some superhero bits, uh, news and notes. Natalie Portman's jacked arms. Pretty damn excited for that. Uh, and a lot of other things as well coming from the Marvel Universe. Uh, we'll start with the She-Hulk trailer in just a minute uh, because that did drop yesterday. We'll get to that, but first, let's handle some business. If you haven't done it yet, you can follow the Thrill Me Podcast Network on Facebook. Give us a search. Give us a like. That's how you can stay up to content with all of the Thrill Me Podcast Network shows. We got you covered Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We uh, bring it all together the entire week for you. And then over the weekend as well, uh, Sunday nights, Monday, you get new episodes of Haunter's Podcast, which is why uh, you definitely want to tune into Haunter's Podcast this week. Uh, the Universal Monsters Legends Collide finally got a house reveal. Not going to talk about it here, but I will talk about it on Haunter's Podcast with my buddy Zach and my buddy Brooke Hilton as well. So we'll get into that. So yeah, if you haven't followed Thrill Me Podcast Network yet, that's how you can do that. Facebook, also YouTube, by giving us a search. We're on TikTok. We are uh, on Instagram, Haunters Podcast, uh, all the shows you can find them on Instagram. They, the Instagram is where we have our own separate shows. So you can find Tombstone Josh, Review It Rob, Haunters Podcast, Zach Speakeasy, and myself all doing our own Instagram thing. But a uh, big way to listen is through the Facebook uh, Throw Me Podcast Network. Also, definitely head there for this weekend because... Uh, we are a part of a, a fun event, the Throw Me Podcast Network is, uh, as we are teaming up with the uh, horrific network, uh, Jimmy and the gang over there. Uh, they've got a huge, huge fundraising event going on this weekend. Uh, we are going to be a part of that, uh, the Halfway to Halloween special. Uh, myself, Review It, Rob, Zach, Brooke, uh, Tubestone Josh, we're going to be a part of that. It's a three-night event. It's going to be the 20th to the 22nd streaming live. So if you haven't followed um, the Horrific Network, uh, go give them a follow. Go give those guys a like. Uh, they're doing some great stuff. They're trying to uh, bash hate out of the haunt community. So uh, we'll be hanging out with them this weekend. They've got some great things lined up, special guests, uh, bigger than just us and this show, but that's this weekend. So you'll, you'll see all of us hanging out this weekend and uh, we'll be sharing links to that on our socials. All right, so let's get into it. The Disney plus release of the trailer for she Hulk, which is now she Hulk attorney at law. And they're not going the law and order route, uh, but the trailer dropped, giving us our first look at what is going to be a nine episode uh, series that's going to include Mark Ruffalo coming back as Smart Hulk, Tim Roth, 
uh, is coming back as the Abomination. Benedict Wong is a part of this cast as well as Wong uh, and gives us our first look at uh, Tatiana Maslany as Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. She-Hulk, the lawyer who specializes in superhuman-oriented legal cases. The first look, about two minutes long, we get to see Ruffalo reprising MCU banner. Uh, She-Hulk is going to follow Walters as she navigates the complicated life of a single 30-something attorney who also happens to be a green 6-foot-7-inch super-powered Hulk. My thoughts on the trailer, I don't know exactly what I'm getting and what they're leading into with this. It, I'm interested but I'm interested at this point because it's the MCU. Nothing really about this trailer. The ending of the trailer made me chuckle, but I, I'm not sure what I'm getting here. I'm not sure if I'm getting a full-blown comedy or what. But the trailer's out. I'm interested enough based off of the MCU aspect of things. It's obviously going to tie into the bigger picture. Now, are they going to WandaVision this and... and say it ties in and then just undo everything from the TV show the minute they can uh, because, you know, that, you know, that's a thing that apparently we do now. Uh, we'll find out, but August 17th, uh, this new Marvel show will be hitting Disney+. Plus. So I, I'm, again, nothing about this trailer really grabbed me and jumped out to me and made me go, oh man, this is, you know, and that's, happened a few times because I even felt that way a little bit with Moon Knight when, when that trailer came out I was like interesting not really sure what this is or what we're getting I don't know but sure you know MCU I'm in you guys have had me by no, they still have not done anything in the MCU that has been so bad that I'm like oh, okay I need to bail on this but something about this trailer just hit the same way Moon Knight did now as far as Moon Knight goes that's been one of my favorite series that they did so she hulk attorney at law could go the same way but we will see i mean again august 17th that will be coming out uh yeah uh, i i guess we'll find out uh some other superhero bits i want to hit before we get into the big star wars news the kathleen kennedy comments that really lit the internet on fire and then some other news from star wars as well uh but i want to get into some of the superhero bits uh that i found throughout the interwebs uh now apparently sticking with the mcu here there are rumors that captain carter is going to be getting her very own solo project at first it was a movie then the reports are now saying on the internet that it's going to be a tv series uh but it could be a movie. They're not against that. Do we really need a Captain Carter project at this point? Is there really a call for it? I know we had the what if, but it feels as if when we were told the what ifs are going to be just this is our way of exploring kind of the different things and yada, yada, yada. It, it felt like that was it. That was where we're getting that. But for whatever reason, I, I, I guess they feel the reaction to a recent cameo that Captain Carter made that, hey, we should do something with this. But I, I just don't know how this works in the Earth 616 timeline. Are we going to tell a different timeline Captain Carter's story? Are we 
are we doing what ifs now as live a- live action instead of just the animated series? Like, I don't know where the desire is for Captain Carter. Now, I will say some of the uh, some of the stuff I have seen online is a little ridiculous. The idea that doing a what if episode and then a five minute cameo somewhere else is somehow putting Captain Carter at the forefront and just ignoring Sam as Captain America now when I'm like, wait a minute, we've we got an entire series which was absolutely fantastically done that progressed telling us that story into him becoming Captain America and then we know that they are making his Captain America movie as we talk. Like, what possibly makes you think that Sam's been pushed to the back burner and we are not acknowledging Captain America. He very much is a part of the future of this, much more than whatever Captain Carter is going to be. Captain Carter feels more, again, it start, It feels a little bit, and maybe this will get me heat, but it feels a little bit like it's the Marvel, hey, let's make up for things that we didn't do. Let's make up for all those things that people complain about on the internet at times and start doing it. Because again, I don't know where this fits into what they're doing. And yes, I know Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and some spoiler stuff. I've already kind of slipped on some of it. Some of it's going to start coming out at this point. It's been out coming up on three weeks. We're moving into uh, Downtown Abbey coming out this weekend and then Top Gun next weekend. So uh, sorry to some of the listeners where the movie hasn't come out yet uh, if some of the stuff gets spoiled. But I feel like a lot of it is out there now, unfortunately, uh, too much on the Internet that it's out there. But. You know, I know Doctor Strange of the Multiverse of Madness, you know, opened up this idea that we can go anywhere. There there are about seven, eight different ways we can go. So, yeah, I'm sure that there's a way to fold in Captain Carter and stuff like that. Uh, But as far as Earth 616 goes, it I don't see the point of it. And even as far as if you're going to tell an Earth 838 origin story or you're going to tell an Earth 1000 or, you know, whatever story and and slide Captain Carter into this. Like, I, I guess there are ways to do it. There are obviously ways to do it. And I trust that Kevin Feige has truly done nothing wrong yet. You know, yeah, there are some things that are don't hit as well, but nothing has been so atrocious. It's not been Miles Teller, Kate Mara, Michael B. Jordan, Fantastic Four bad. Nothing's been like that. Nothing's been to the point where it has killed the MCU. And I know people were trying to look at the Doctor Strange 2 numbers from this past weekend and say, look at how much it fell off. Oh, see, nobody cares about Marvel anymore. Oh, look, they're losing their steam. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness had the same exact drop-off that Spider-Man No Way Home had. It's, no, don't even try that. The, the, it's not even the biggest drop-off for a movie. That belongs to Black Widow. Sure, some of you are going to make that argument of, well, Black Widow had the, you know, was a COVID release and had the at-home sales and this and that. No, it doesn't matter, though. None of that matters. It had the release and it had the massive drop-off, even with the at-home purchase, which was like $30, if I recall. So, no, it was not a massive drop-off. It was nothing to be concerned about. The movie is still making so much more money than it cost to produce is still what it was one of it was the 11th highest grossing film to debut 11th biggest debut for a movie so it's right up there with all the other marvel films because 
at this point, the highest debuts pretty much belong to Marvel, that Avatar film, and like Titanic. That's what they are now. They're all blockbusters with like Titanic just thrown in there. Uh, so yeah, you know, Captain Carter, we might be getting more of that. Uh, Marvel's Echo series uh, finally got an official synopsis, plus they have begun production, so uh, we got to see a set photo uh, and get some of the news of the first plot details to the show, which reads that streaming exclusively on Disney Plus in 2023, the origin story of Echo is going to revisit Maya Lopez, whose ruthless behavior in New York City catches up with her in her hometown. She must face her past, reconnect with her Native American roots, and embrace the meaning of family, community, if she ever hopes to move forward. Kind of vague, but it's clear this is going to pick up in the aftermath of Hawkeye. Uh, As for who else might show up and get in on the action, uh, we shall see next year. Uh, Now, circling back as well to the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Uh, This is what I was talking about as far as spoilers go. So this is, I apologize to anybody who has not been able to see the film. Uh, If you do not want spoilers on anything else, well, three, two, one. Anson Mount finally got a chance to talk uh, about his spoiler cameo appearance. Uh, Pretty much revealed that he never expected to get the call from Kevin Feige. Uh, one of the most unexpected in his life, but it was an honor and joy to get to work with Sam Raimi, who reached out to engage with him, how it was best uh, to approach Black Bolt's return in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, he was beyond grateful for the experience and also shared a, a mind, uh, the exploding mind emoji, which just absolutely, oh, that's a that's a chef's kiss touch very 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 dark and hysterical uh but yeah that was that was one of the most unexpected moments i'd say in the doctor strange film was black bolt and finding out what he was doing and uh having anson mount return as well because uh, we talked about it uh if you go back and listen to the big thrill me podcast network episode of haunters this past week where we actually do the spoiler conversation on Doctor Strange. give We all give some thoughts on that and share our take on the film uh, with the spoiler talk. Uh, he was on the Inhuman show as, 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 you know, Black Bolt. So for him to show up was kind of a cool little like, whoa, hold on. Uh, the show that only lasted like six episodes before getting canceled, like the true... That's where Marvel was ha- was at a moment of like, uh oh, is everything gonna work? Do TV shows really work for them? And here he is coming back, and I remember the pop in the theater for that, for that character, and the people were really excited that that knew who he was. I will be honest, for me, it was more of a, who's this? Oh, that's who it is. And then afterwards, found out that he was. Cause I never watched Inhuman, So I, cause when people popped, I was like, Oh, people know who this is. All right, cool. They, they recognize the character, but it was more of the, Oh, you popped because you, you, you are, you knew who the character was, but you also knew Inhuman, So you, you were stoked that Anson Mount was back for that. So, uh, cool for that. Also Piers Brosnan shared, uh, a new look at Dr. Fate from black Adam over on his Instagram Got a new look at that. That's pretty cool. I'm, I'm really excited for that. Uh, also, I'm excited to 
bring you this rumor. One that needs to be taken with an even even bigger grain of salt. Uh, But it was reported that the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers original cast members may be returning for a 30th anniversary special. The show, which originally debuted in 1993 and gave me a crush on the Pink Ranger, as well as the Yellow Ranger, she gets overlooked, baby, uh, is indeed celebrating its 30th birthday next year, and the report indicates that all of the original actors have been approached to return for a special of some kind. Remains unclear if they will all sign on and what form this special would take. It's also uncertain where it would land, though Netflix seems like a safe bet given their investment in the Power Rangers franchise. Uh, could be a big boost of nostalgia, which is uh, what we live on over there at Netflix uh, for us 90s kids. So I'll keep an eye out on that, but it, it, it would I it is a big maybe. But again, a lot of people have been getting back together over the years. I mean, the save I know Save by the Bell just got canceled at Peacock, but you had that reunion, you know, everybody kind of seems to be going back to their roots because at some point it always circles back. So people are starting to circle back. I could see this happening. I absolutely, if they are planning to do a 30th anniversary special, I 100% believe that they are, would go all in to get the original cast back together. There's no reason to doubt that they wouldn't go all in for that and to try and do something. I mean, listen, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was huge when they came out. I still remember going to see the movie when it hit theaters, dragging my dad, demanding, begging, pleading that he take me to go see that movie. And I love that movie. And I might have to rewatch that movie at some point over for the Patreon page. Uh, the wonderful show's A to Z movie reviews, which will be coming soon. But yeah, I forgot to plug that, so let's plug that really quickly. Uh, Through Me Podcast Network does have a Patreon now. Uh, you can get so many great shows. I'll tell you more about those shows uh, before we wrap up the show. So back to the Power Rangers here for a second. Uh, yeah, I, the investment, absolutely believe that it would be happening. I'd love to see them all get back together if it's possible. But I could also see because... The Power Rangers are the Power Rangers. It's huge. It's big. But I feel like, and I might be wrong here, but I feel like with some of them, there's been some bad blood over the years. So if 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 that's the case, then no, I don't see it happening. But oh, it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, and finally, uh, I I teased it. I wanted to talk about it. Uh, we got an official image from Thor: Love and Thunder. That was shared by the folks over at Marvel. And it sees Natalie Portman and Tessa Thompson sharing the screen with one another as the mighty Thor and Valkyrie. As Portman's reprising her role as Jane Foster for the first time since, in my opinion, the worst Marvel film, The Dark World. But this time, taking up the mantle as our new Thor. And the photo shows... She got beefed up for the role in a big, bad way. Uh, I, I, when I saw this photo, I, ha- I always had a crush on Natalie Portman. But this was just one of those like, oh my goodness. Not only like she could beat me up as well. Like, and that would be 
awesome. Like, bring down the lightning. Yeah, she looks jacked, and I, it, it's it's awesome. Like, it is, I'm so excited for this. This looks so cool. I knew she was working out because I had seen the videos and stuff like that. Uh, they did the, they did, I saw a story about her getting, after it was like, oh, she's coming back and she's going to be, uh, she's playing, she's going to be Thor. Yay. And then it was like, how is Natalie Portman getting ready for the role? And you saw her doing like kettlebells and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, sweet. Cool. She's getting toned up. But like, that's what, that's the thing. I thought she was getting toned. No, she put on some muscle. Like, I could see her at a WWE ring power slamming somebody. Suplex City, Portman style. So, I'm even more excited now after this photo. Um, I'm also curious what she's doing hanging out with Valkyrie uh, and what they're looking at because they're clearly looking at something uh, and neither one of them are amused. So, all the questions from this photo uh, will be answered again. Like, how did... Natalie Portman become the new Thor how'd she get you know how'd she get to this power how'd she gain this power uh all of that's going to be answered in due time since that film will be coming out uh, this summer all right moving on there was uh some big news that broke um Kathleen Kennedy producer of the Star Wars films, uh, the most recent trilogy, as well as some of the one-offs. She is a legendary producer in Hollywood. Uh, listen, Steven Spielberg movies, if you love them, Kathleen Kennedy, guarantee you, produced them. She produced so many of uh, the films that we love, like Jurassic Park, uh, the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, so yeah, she is the reason a lot of our favorite IP even exist in the world because she again is is a legend worked with and she was a producer on signs as well uh but again like Steven Spielberg films 80s 90s the ones you know the ones you love she's the reason they came to be uh she gremlin she was a producer on that as well the goonies producer on that back to the future she was a part of that like she's a lot of our childhood, a lot of our memories, a lot of the things that we that we sit here and we quote day in and day out. And I don't know why I'm going all dusty roads on you because, you know, hard times, baby. Kathleen Kennedy, she ain't had hard times in a long time. She ain't got that gold watch yet, but she did talk about Star Wars. And more specifically, she talked about Solo, the Star Wars movie, uh, that recast Han Solo with a new actor, Alden, uh, uh, I, oh man, I always butcher his last name. Uh, uh, Iron Rich, I believe. Again, I always butcher his last name, which sucks. Sorry, I know you're listening, Alden. Uh, but she said, she, she basically blamed Solo bombing and said that we learned our lessons when Solo bombed that we should not recast Star Wars fan favorites and that's the thing, like with the most recent season of The Mandalorian, uh, as well as Book of Boba Fett, you get CGI Luke Skywalker with uh, Mark Hamill returning. So not this is not the indication that, oh, they're going to do a solo movie and Harrison Ford's going to be CGI down to look like young Harrison Ford in those movies. No, that's not what she's saying here. She's just saying that 
at this point, Star Wars is beyond needing to recast Luke or Leia or any of them and tell stories in that trilogy out of that. She she talked about how Star Wars doesn't need trilogies anymore, that it can be one-off stories, it can be other things like that, uh, which is weird because then we also learned after all of this that Kevin Feige's and Ryan Johnson's Star Wars movies probably not happening anytime soon, but we did learn uh, about a Star Wars prequel series, uh, The Acolyte, uh, and, and that Spider-Man No Way Home's John Watts is making an 80s-inspired Star Wars series. So there are some Star Wars things coming. Um, I want to break this down a little bit because I think she's partly right, but I also think she's wrong about a lot of things. I'm going to start with the wrong here. The wrong is Solo didn't bomb because of the recasting of Harrison Ford in the character. Solo is actually a pretty fun, pretty good Star Wars film. It has some issues with it. It has some problems. It has one moment towards the end of the movie that really gave me a what the... Really? And then after the film, I was told by some of the most diehard fans of, oh, well, you have to watch the Clone Wars animated series to get that. Cool. That's not, no, that's not what I was told going into this. I wasn't told, yeah, but you need to know offshoots of what you know. I was told that this is a prequel to the thing that I know, but not that this thing that explains something over here is going to matter here. Uh, And that's, you know, F it. Why am I not saying it? You know, the Darth Maul thing was very, what the hell to me. So that, to me, a bit of an issue, but overall, it's not a bad movie. It offers one of the coolest action sequences and heist moments that you will get in a Star Wars movie as well with the train sequence. That was incredible. Uh, I didn't care for the learning how the Millennium Falcon uh, ended up, you know, making the Kessel run. I didn't, I thought it was weird that we, the Millennium Falcon is basically Lando's like sex robot you know like that's what I mean again like not a perfect film but overall on the whole Solo is a fun movie and is an entertaining film and is a good enjoyable story with flaws that's all I'm saying there the reason Solo bombed is I talked about it on May the 4th when I started to reass when I've been reassessing The Last Jedi Kathleen Kennedy is ignoring the fact that Solo came out at the time where the toxic fan fandom fanaticism of the Star Wars franchise and the Star Wars base blew up. Solo came out months after The Last Jedi. And I can tell you, I know many people who are diehard Star Wars fans that still to this day have not seen that movie because they went, The Last Jedi sucked so hard, I'm not going to see that because that's going to suck. And yes, part of it as well, you know, rolled into the, well, they recast, they recast Harrison Ford. That's Harrison Ford. But it was because the hate ball was already rolling that that became a part of it. It's The Last Jedi that caused Solo to bomb. If The Last Jedi was not as divisive as it ended, as it still is to this day, Solo 100% would have been a Memorial Day summertime blockbuster that would have 
kicked off the three films that they clearly had planned, because that's the other thing too. While I say the film had flaws and I bring up the Darth Maul thing, I know that was going to be answered in follow-up films because they clearly had some form of a sequel and trilogy idea already that they were laying out. So that's the pitfalls of that film, is that they did that instead of just doing what they were telling us, which is, we're doing a one-off story the same way we one-offed Rogue One. It would have been like them doing Rogue One, but then setting up and leaving it in such a place of like, oh no, we lied. It it doesn't really take us directly into uh, A New Hope. It's actually spinning us off into like a whole new trilogy that then takes us into A New Hope. That's how that would have felt. Because that's how it felt at by the end of watching Solo. Was It was like, damn it, you had a really good, fun movie, but you then decided to try and go, ha-ha, it's not a one-off, see? You'll be back. But the toxicity of the fandom through The Last Jedi meant, ha-ha, we're not coming back because the fan base was so di- so divided. And then when you had people like me coming out and telling people, hey, no, you should go see this. It's it's actually a really good movie. It's not bad. It's it's not that divisive. It's It's a Star Wars film. It's fun. It does the thing. It does the pew, pew, pew. Hey, he's Han Solo, and he does a good job at trying to be Harrison Ford's character that he created, and he does a really... Like, I think Alden does a really good job in the role. That's the thing. I, I really enjoyed his portrayal of Han Solo and Harrison Ford because that's what he had to do. He had to be Harrison Ford as Han Solo while also carving out his own way of doing it. But yeah, he was, and, and he was perfect casting in my opinion as well. Cause he has a young Han Solo look. He has that young Harrison Ford look. So I, I don't think it came down to that, but I also think she is right in the sense of the things that she talked about with star Wars does not need to be trilogies and star Wars does not need to keep connecting back to what we know. If this is a galaxy far, far away, and we are constantly introduced to so many different planets, so many different things, it doesn't all need to circle back to the Skywalkers. It can be like Rogue One works because Rogue One, yeah, it does tie into the to the trilogy, but for the most part, does do kind of its own thing and is a fun little like you see the glimpses there of what you can do when you start breaking away from what you need to do. So I I I think she's correct in that in that they don't need to tell stories in trilogies. You can just tell a one off. You can just tell a story about a bunch of people that are trying to help fight against the resistance because that's that's where the tie-in is always going to be because star wars is always going to be the the light side versus the dark side the good versus the bad i mean even in the mandalorian while the mandalorian you know like i loved the mandalorian until the mandalorian decided we need to now tie back into the original stuff to then spin off from the original stuff i loved baby yoda and that like that didn't bother me as any connection to the original of like, oh, look, it's a little baby version of Yoda. Like, I kind of dug that because it was like, ooh, we've only ever seen one, 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 one of this kind. Now we're seeing a second one of this kind. There are more of these Yodas out there. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. Let's dive into this. Let's dig deeper. 
And yeah, I know it's kind of a safe way of being like, yes, I, I, I like I get it if you're like, hey, Nick, but they're doing a thing that, you know, they're doing a familiar thing with the puppet and the Yoda and all of that. They just made it a baby and pretty much doing the same. I get it. But at the same time, it wasn't tying into like, and this guy goes off to then train a Skywalker. It wasn't that direct until they were like, hey, here's Boba Fett. And he actually survived. And then when the book of Boba Fett legitimately took the Patton Oswald Parks and Rec filibuster and did that scene shot for shot with what he said to the point where somebody linked it up and did the whole we focus in on the sun and then we cut back to the to the pit where we see that a head comes up and we see that he did the and they tied the whole thing up to where it is shot for shot what he says and the way he says it and in the order he says it that hurt the book of Boba Fett show for me as well but either way Star Wars can get away from the Skywalker stuff needs to get away from that in order to continue to survive so we'll see if they actually follow suit with that as I mentioned they've got they put the Ryan Johnson stuff on hold uh, the Kevin Feige stuff is is kind of on hold, like not on hold, hold, but not getting it as soon as they originally planned. So the Star Wars stuff, we will keep an eye on, uh, see where that all goes. Uh, but uh, but I had to share some thoughts on that because I, I don't think, again, I just don't believe that the recasting of the iconic Star Wars characters is what made Solo flop. I do believe it's The Last Jedi and it was the divisiveness that that film ended up being. That film became the bomb that exploded. And honest to God, I believe that that film might have not just been the bomb that made the toxic fandom of Star Wars explode, but really was 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 the big bomb that exploded that just opened the door for all of the toxicity that became social media after that. Everybody realized that if you scream loud enough and make a and and and, and throw a fit that somebody's going to hear it things might change because from it, it it started it like it really took off with the Star Wars stuff it's moved into the Marvel stuff it's moved into pretty much anything that has a fandom now you'll find and and the hate was always there but it just feels like the last jedi was it, it burst it all open it, it kicked that door open to where everybody was like yeah I can be toxic, but now I can really take toxic to a new level. And all the other people that might have been hesitant jumped in on it. And that was just also society at the time as well. Uh, You know, you cannot sit here and and tell me that society as a whole didn't turn into that because so it fits. So in a way, The Last Jedi is the downfall of society is what I'm trying to say. This is when, when people look back and they say, when did the book of revelations begin? Uh, well, well actually one of the horsemen opening the doors to the gates of hell was, was Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson's the last Jedi. That's what opened. That's, that's when the fourth horseman showed up and famine and cats and dogs living together and mass hysteria. All right. On that note, let's let's end this week's episode before I go on any more of a rant that ends up getting me uh, negative reviews on this show. Uh, remember, 
Rate, review the show wherever you're listening. Uh, share it with your friends, your loved ones, your frenemies, whoever it is, uh, and have them rate, review, and share the show. Uh, but before I go, I did say I would mention the Patreon page. Please go find us, uh, Throw Me Podcast Network, on the Patreon. There are so many shows there. Uh, right now, all the old Haunters podcast stuff is there, which uh, really matters. And I say it matters because I'm doing a quick stall for this as well to find out exactly where I am on all of this. But it definitely matters because uh, on the Patreon, you will get everything Haunters podcast from the past. Uh, So yeah, you, you want that because that is also where you will find the Crypt of Horror. That is my show in which I dive into Tales from the Crypt. There are 21 episodes right now. Uh, I am, how about that? I am in season four, which is pretty awesome. Uh, So you can catch up season one, season two, season three. Uh, We began season four before uh, everything got really crazy with the Haunters podcast and and how much content we were producing that we, we, we shut it down for a little bit. And then we were like, listen, we're shutting this down because we know we're doing bigger and better things. So let's uh, rebrand with the Thrill Me Podcast Network, kick this thing off, throw all of our old stuff up there. So the Crypt of Horror show, uh, you can get every episode right now. That's 21. So we're up to, so when the show comes back this weekend, this weekend, there will be a new episode, episode 22. That will be season four, episodes five and six, because each episode we talk two episodes of Tales from the Crypt. So get on that. Uh, catch up. It's it's a really fun show. Just revisiting a, a classic, a, a classic HBO special. Uh, just one of the first horror shows that I remember getting to watch as a kid when I should not have been watching that stuff and becoming desensitized to the world to where I became pretty nihilistic. Yeah, tell you what, I I understand the nihilist in the Big Lebowski. Like I get it, man. Although I'd like to think I'm a little more Lebowski than I am nihilist, but I get it, man. I understand. Uh, So yeah, there's that. Uh, Also, if you go and you sign up right now, you can get uh, the review at Rob show. He went, he reviewed all of the Nightmare on Elm Street films so you can get uh, Nightmare on Review at Street with Review at Rob. And uh, again, just more stuff on the horizon and on the way that you do not want to miss. That Patreon page is about to be fire, fire. Yeah. All right. Until next week, everybody. Peace and love.